Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another edition of the Team Building Podcast. This is the place where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. And we've got a great guest who's in the trenches doing just that right now. He's building a dominant team in his market. We're excited to have him. Unfortunately, Jeff can't join us today. There was a scheduling mix-up, uh, and he is on site at a house. Uh, and so he is not in his office where he should be in front of the camera, as he uh, as that's his natural place. Um, but uh, we've got a great guest here today, and we're going to rock and roll without him. So Greg Dallier. Greg, how's it going, man? It's going really good, man. I'm really excited to be here. I've uh, been watching the podcast. Excited to uh, come visit you guys soon too as well. So I appreciate are you, you having me on. Yeah. When, when are you coming out for the workshop? I would say within the next couple of months. I have to look at the dates, but uh, me and my team leader are going to come out and uh, hang out with you guys for uh, for a week or a couple of days. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. That's awesome, man. We appreciate that. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to, uh, to having you. Hopefully you can make it in by the end of the year. Um, we've got two, two dates. If people are listening to this within the next couple of weeks, we've got, uh, like two dates left in uh, 2016, but anyway, we'll get to that later on. We'll talk about the workshop and what all that, uh, that jazz is, but let's start with you, Greg. So tell me a little bit about, uh, kind of who you are, what your team looks like and where you guys, uh, the areas that you serve. So I started selling real estate in 2006 In 2011, we actually launched Alera Realty, um, in 2012, we got recognized nationally by Better Homes and Gardens as one of 12 companies to be what's called the next generation brokerage. Started with me and another gentleman by the name of Mike. And uh, from there, it just kind of slowly grew over time. And our, our sales have kind of, you know, 2014 was 173 transactions. 2015 was 226. And we're really close to breaking into that 350 transaction. But it's, it's not just me. We have an unbelievable team and we actually act like it. Um, we've got a transaction coordinator, we've got a listings manager, and then we do have a, we call it the director of business development, but kind of like an inside sales agent role. And then this year we had six, uh, full-time agents on our sales side and we are now up to eight. So exciting things are in our future for sure. Very cool. Yeah. So you guys are at, you're at like 343 right now. You'll, you'll break 350, you know, a sale pass to probably by the end of the year with the ones that you guys got in closing. So you guys are rocking and rolling. And if, if people can't tell by the Clay Matthews jersey behind you, uh, you're, you're in uh, the great city of Green Bay, which is, uh, which is beautiful for about eight months out of the year. And then the rest of the time it's, uh, it's the frozen tundra. Water. Yeah. It's, it's the frozen tundra, tundra for sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so if anybody has any, uh, any referrals and things like that, keep uh, Greg and his team in mind. So up there in uh, Green Bay, but let's dig into kind of how, how you built out the team and what the structure of it looks like. So you talked about, you got an ISA uh, and talk, tell me about the, the two positions that you just hired and how that kind of fits into the big scheme of things. So um, our ISA was actually kind of playing a role of being a listing coordinator and an ISA. So like, you know, 15 hours a week being a listing coordinator, well, we've grown to the point where we need to have a full-time person and we are always looking at trying to improve the customer experience for our sellers. So we hired what's called a listings manager, which will be doing the majority of the listing coordination. However, they're going to have a lot more touch points with the sellers, keeping them updated, making sure feedback's given, leveraging opportunities, making sure we're always you know, advertising our clients' properties to the best. Because what we found is we need people in place that can help us launch the plans that we want to execute consistently. And salespeople never do that. I mean, 
I can't do it. I mean, I have to hire people who can run the systems that I tell them right. to uh, be effective. So we're really excited about that because we're just going to improve the customer experience um, on the seller side. But we also unchained our ISA, who he's actually helping train um, you know our listing our listing manager now. So there's even some leverage there because he was the one doing the listing coordination. So he's the perfect person to train on a majority of that. Um, nice. Then we have a transaction coordinator. So from contract to close, once we have an accepted offer, it goes over to Paul on our team and he has 17 years of mortgage experience. So he understands the financing background yeah. and, and it's a pretty pivotal role for that. Uh, so we're excited about that. And then we have a brand new agent who came out of the cellular industry. Um, high I, high S, great candidate. Um, excited about that. He's in training um, right now. So the team's growing. We have opportunities and we're pretty excited about it. Cool, man. Well, tell, tell me a little bit about what's the, um, before we get into kind of how you've structured the listing manager and how you're pulling yourself step by step out of production, because I want to really dive into that. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about what's kind of the, what's the engine? Uh, where, where do the majority of lead generation uh, come for you guys? Is it buyer seller heavy? Uh, break that down for me a little bit. So we do some of your, your typical expired FISBO stuff that our ISA works on from time to time. And then uh, we have a Boomtown platform. We've been a Boomtown user for about four and a half years. Uh, we get a lot of organic traffic, which is kind of unlike some of the other Boomtown platforms, just from one of our other previous websites. Uh, do a lot of stuff with Facebook and uh, just, you know, we pump a lot of, uh, you know, Boomtown's the Ferrari of a website. However, you got to put gasoline into the car. So we put a lot of high octane fuel in there, but uh, we generate a lot of leads and it allows us to uh, provide our people with some great scrubbed opportunities. Yeah, let's let's go into that a little bit. Um, so when you say you're putting some high octane fuel into it, so you're talking about throwing, are, are you, do you have like strategic partnerships with mortgage where you're able to kind of leverage and pair up your money with their money and really ramp up the lead gen? Yeah, we do, you know, we do have a, uh, you know, a situation with that when it comes to a lender that we like working with. Um, and then we do a lot of stuff on our own as well. So we do a lot of Facebook uh, marketing, which I know a lot of, it's kind of a hot button keyword these days, but we've been doing it for a long time and we definitely do see some pretty good results out of it. And, um, but yeah, we definitely leverage opportunities to, uh, to have help with the system and such. And it works out well. Cool. Have you, have you seen just out of curiosity, have you seen any difference in the lead conversion uh, percentages between uh, Facebook, for example, and just a regular Google pay-per-click that are run through Boomtown? You know, your AdWords budget or your AdWords campaign, typically what I've been seeing is nine to 11%. You know, if you look at it on a per month average, it, you know, during different times of the year, it seems to be different, but I think it's always changing. Uh, your Facebook's going to be probably closer to like a 6% conversion. Now, this is from a Facebook visitor hitting your site and becoming a release, not a, not a conversion to a sale. Um, so, but the thing is, the, the volume of traffic is, is outrageous comparative to some of the other sources. So, if you're still getting a 6% conversion, you're still getting a lot of opportunities now. A lot of yeah, people, a lot of people talk, though. a lot of yeah. people talk negatively about Facebook leads. And even yeah. I kind of had that thought process a couple years ago. And then I started really looking at my dashboard and tracking where every transaction comes from. And I'm like, you know, maybe the, the life cycle of the lead for Facebook's a little bit longer, but there's still some gold in there. And it's just, I just look at it as a, it's a database builder. And the yeah. more, the bigger we get our database and the more we can stay in touch with a lot of people. I remember my, my good mentors back in the day, I always tell you, whoever makes the most contacts in a month is going to win. 
Yeah. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to be the best salesperson, but if you make the most contacts, you're going to have a pretty good chance of being near the top. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I could see the life cycle being longer because Google, you're catching them when they're actively searching versus Facebook when you're catching them just a curiosity. They might not be in the mental frame of mind, so you're going to pull in some people with longer time frames. So that makes total sense. All right, so uh, so you're doing, when you say you like your, your director of business development, your ISA guy is doing FISBO expired from, from time to time. Um, what's, what's, his, what's his main job? What's the role of the ISA within your team? So in the mornings, he would be making the expired calls. You want to be the first point of entry on that. And then uh, from the rest of the day, it's pretty much, uh, you know, dialer, you know, boomtown, scrubbing, you know, making sure we're hitting all the new leads as soon as they come in, uh, have dial sessions, reaching out to people that have been back on the site that we haven't talked to in two to three weeks. You know, there's some really great things you can do inside the system um, to create great lists. So he's obviously in the transition of training the new listings manager. So it's, I'm actually helping cover and one of our other agents is helping cover and getting out on the dialer and really supporting the team. But once he's fully unleashed, he'll be back into, you know, in the sellers in the morning and then being re reactive for a period of time. Cause we do get a lot of incoming messages in the boomtown and, and we need to respond quickly to be able to capitalize on those opportunities for our team. Gotcha. So he's been doing double duty uh, this whole time as a, uh you know, ISA and then also listing, like managing listings and things like that. It sounds like primarily in the afternoon, but then constantly getting interrupted, trying to go back and forth between sales and client management. So you've eliminated all of that. So he's getting your, your listing coordinator, your listing manager essentially up and running so that he's going to take over all the client service stuff. We'll get to that in a second. So what does that free your ISA up to do more of if you're taking that stuff off of his plate? to actually get in and scrub the database. I mean, we generate between, you know, on a good month, you know, four to 700 leads depending on the time of the year. So it just allows him to scrub the database and really get when you're, when you're doing so many different things and it's definitely not a recommended strategy to have your ISA be a listing coordinator, probably the only one in the country that did that for a period of time. But you know, you live and you learn, but yeah. you know, there was a time where he's getting a little burnt out and, and, and he is talent. And we wanted to give him an opportunity to get out of the, get into the field a little bit, just to give him a little bit of break. So um, his new role will be full-time ISA again. And he's excited about it because he sees the opportunities. He has a lot of years yeah, of experience. What's his, what's his compensation model? What's, what's the opportunity in it for him? Yeah, he, uh, there's a, a appointment bonus. So, um, or a closing bonus. So it's 10%, which is a little bit higher than some of your standard things I used to right, coach so with. Pay, pay per hour plus 10% on yep. closing. That's correct. And right. he is licensed. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So let's dive into listing manager a little bit. So this is where I see a lot of uh, Rainmakers struggle with the transition, especially if they follow the KW model of, of separating everything out and specializing. <clears throat> they usually try to find that, that super talented high D, high I person that can replace them with just maybe not enough independence to where they want to go out and do it on their own. And then they try to turn everything over to that person all at once you're taking a different approach and you're really leveraging your time. So help me understand, you've got, you've got kind of the listing coordinator that takes care of contract to close. Tell me exactly what the listing manager does for you and what, that, what that's going to free you up from. So the listing manager, so the difference, it was a listing coordinator. It was what uh, our ISA was doing half time. So our listing manager is completely full time and they're going to be more hands on with the clients. I'll give you some examples. Um, we use Showing Time, which is a call center that manages all of our showings. And there was opportunities where, um, you know, we'd have seven or eight or even sometimes 10 showings and we were not leveraging the opportunity. And by leveraging the opportunity, I mean going into showing time and messaging every single one of those agents to let them know that there's 10 showings 
you know, either through the showing time messenger or just sending an email. Um, that's one of the key focuses I wanted our uh, listings manager and I wanted to be able to talk about that in listing presentations that, hey, the reason we have a team is there's, there's a lot of things that can be done in a day, but they're not being done consistently. So for us, everything we want to do is about being consistent. So the listings manager is going to do a lot of the things um, you know, sending the monthly reports, you know, making sure that they're getting and following up with the sellers and just talking with them about the feedback, setting the expectation from the front end that Tom is a, a partner with us and he's involved in the process and really pitching that from the front end. So they're not wondering why Greg's just right. not talking to them for a period of time. Cause you know, it's a struggle. I mean, I just had a, yeah. I have a good story for that later, but, uh, um, as far as listing manager, I mean, he's going to be chasing down feedback that's not given. Um, he's gonna be reaching out to the seller on a bi-weekly basis or even sometimes more if there's obviously communication that needs to happen um, You know amendments to listing contracts amendments to really anything involved in the listing process um, Will be his responsibility. So we use Insightly, which is a project management tool It's not like a super sexy CRM. It's just built into Google Apps So we built out, you know an action plan of things that need to happen throughout the process, you know and if it's as simple as you know, your your every two each every two week touch point. That you know, those are some of the things that are in there. And we you know we set that plan for a, a four month time period. We, we typically list our our homes for four months. So yeah. interesting. What's the average sale market in your in your area? It's like ninety two. So really, so your average when you say your average listing, I mean, you're you're signing a conventional listing agreement with them, though, right? Or are you signing a four month agreement? We sign an exclusive right to sell four month agreement with them. Really? And we also give them the right to cancel as well on page five of our listing contract. So what's, what's the theory behind the four month agreement? Um, for us, um, I would say that we're trying to close the gap on trying to um, improve that seller experience. And a lot of times when you get to that four month time period where nothing, if you know, if nothing's happening or you're not moving through that cycle, you know, for it to change. But a lot of times we just amend the contract when we get to that four month period. A lot of times they like our customer service, but our thought process was if we don't have it sold in four months, you know, the Something the market's days on the market's days on market are are here and ours are substantially lower. And if we don't if we get to three months out, we started sucking. I mean, I mean, you know, it was one of our struggles. So we we're trying to work on trying to improve that. So the listing manager will help with that. Okay. All right. So on, on the listing manager side, so does he have specific? Uh, is he handling like a weekly seller update call, or is this like taking yep. it as it comes? Yep, it's uh, he's in training right now, but he will be responsible for reaching out to the sellers, uh, reaching out to them to schedule open houses. He does all of that. When we do an open house, we launch a, a very strategic plan, you know, and it's very methodical. So everything's like, and we can see now in our project management system what's been done on that listing before, which is pretty powerful. And we yeah. use that same we use that same system to manage our trend our contract to close. Do you really? Insightly, and said it's built into Google Apps. It's built into Google Apps, so like if you have an email, you make sure you can link it right to the project. So our transaction coordinator, Paul, is every single communication that goes for that specific is in our Insightly, and you can see every all the agents can see exactly where they're at, what tasks have been done, all of the email communication, all the files for it, everything. It's pretty. I mean, it's very. It's it's not like built for real estate. Yeah. But it's customizable, so okay. we kind of made it our own. Interesting. Yeah, I know there's people that uh, not necessarily in the team world, but <clears throat> there's people that use like Evernote and things like that, um, and Google Docs and things for for contract to close. But anyway, um, okay. So 
he's handling like weekly seller communication. So what do you what do you envision like the handoff process, or or maybe what's what's your going to be your process moving forward when you go into a listing appointment? Are you bringing the listing manager with you to the appointment? Are you introducing him after the fact? Like how does that handoff go? So we have, all of our team has MacBook Airs. We all have keynote presentations. So our once we get him up to full speed, where we feel confident that he can you know start that process, he's going to be embedded into our actual listing presentation. And we'll have the key points of what he's going to, his, his focus is, and probably even focus on why we even spend the revenue to have that position to begin with, which is a key, quick key, key points to the seller to say, Hey, there's other people that aren't, aren't having people making sure the feedback's given, making sure that we're leveraging these opportunities. You may think it's happening, but I'm telling you, right. It's, it's not because sales agents aren't doing it. So, um, It'll be embedded into our listing presentation. We already have a big team, like rah rah rah. Like we were pimp, we are we were uh, promoting Chris, our ISA, as the listing coordinator previously. So it's already been kind of a natural oh, progression for us. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's just switching the people, and then that person's going to do a lot more, right. which will make uh, myself and Mike, which is our other, I would say, senior agent who does a lot of the listings, just free us up to do what more of what we do, and that's qualifying the leads and and uh, going on those appointments as well. Very cool. All right. So what was the, uh, what was the, what was the story you mentioned earlier about the, uh, the, the listing? Well, so talking about the handoff. Yeah. So I had a closing with one of my past clients and he was a little upset that we didn't talk, you know, in the last like 45 days. And I looked at the communication from Paul and him and, and also his, his wife and, there was constant communication going on. Yeah. But there was a big aha of where, Hey, Greg needs to poke his head in here. Even if it's just as simple as like, Hey, I want to make sure everything's going okay. Um, do you have any questions? Even if it's something like that, but everything was handled. I mean, everything went to contract yeah. to close and actually behind the scenes, Paul did a ton of work, like making sure that this deal went to closing. Uh, Cause we had some issues with the lender. So, um, but the, 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 the client felt like he, that I was disconnected from him. So I think you got to, yeah, it's great to have a listing manager, have all this leverage. You still got to like at least check in, I think a little bit, um, which was a, this, it was a opening experience for me. But the funny thing is I called his best friend who I also sold one of his houses recently. I said, Hey, did you feel like I d disconnected? Uh, as soon as I had an accepted offer, did you feel like I wasn't involved in the process? And he goes, no, I thought that's what, how, what it was supposed to be. I know you have a team yeah, and yeah, yeah. So all this expectations. Stuff. So, and I, you know, obviously I, I'm not afraid of when I have a problem, we try to diffuse it. I try to teach our team that we don't run away from problems. We, we try to diffuse them. And so we can get back to living a good life, you know? Yeah. That's uh, it, it's a weird thing because it's, it, yeah, it has a lot to do with expectations. And I think it was David Maester that said like value that isn't perceived isn't received. So all that stuff that Paul is doing on the back end, if it's not communicated in the right way, they don't even know that stuff is going on. And even if they do, they don't necessarily value it as highly because it's kind of, that's your job. You know, yeah, you kind of have to sometimes tactfully and artfully convey just how much of a pain in the butt it was to, to head off all those problems and fix the issues and stuff. Otherwise, they don't understand the value of what you've done. But yeah, that, uh, that check-in call has got to be huge. So what's the, what's the process now? So do you, do you check in like once or twice during that, you know, that contract to close? Do you have any, anything set up or you just kind of No, it goes into the closing everybody? So in Insightly, you can assign tasks to individual team members. Mm -hmm. So when it gets launched, you can pick who, and then we'll just have a bi-weekly bi -weekly call. I think that's adequate enough. Yeah. Um, preferably on the earlier part of the week, so then there's a pretty good chance they won't. You know, If you can get everything done in the beginning of the week, your end of the week is a lot nicer. Yeah. 
Now, are you going to use that to ask for referrals? Like who, who focuses on that part of things, like leveraging the existing client relationships into new referrals? So we do a lot of things. Um, like we have client event programs uh, that Paul, you know, he's a big part of managing our past client database for our whole team. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities for referrals. Yes, when you're calling, you know, I wouldn't do that on the first call, but eventually when you've got that really good trust and report, and you need to capitalize on that and ask for the introduction to people that could use your help for sure. Um, but our team actually does a lot of great things. Like we have a Santa photo day, a movie day for kids, and that's actually sent out. We give the agents the right, you know, that they can call their whole database, but we email them, invite them to, you know, a Facebook event and do a lot of great things. And that's, you know, how we stay on top of people. Um, I can't say that we're like the in your face asking for referrals all the time. A lot of it happens a lot of naturally just because yeah. we do a good job and, you know, we should add the verbiage in more, but um, we try to get in front of our customers and stay top of mind. You know, we just launched a new campaign where for two years they're going to get a you know card. They get a card with brownies as soon as they close, uh, you know, thanking them, you know, there's, and then for the next two years, they're getting a series of, of very nice cards that actually has a picture of the team when they open it up, you know, and just, you know, checking in, even asking for referrals. And then we send them birthday brownies and home anniversary stuff too. So we're always yeah, trying to awesome. um, improve that, but I can well, tell you right what now. What are you using for the cards? Uh, we use send out cards. Yeah. That's what I thought with the, yeah. the car with the brown. Yeah. Stuff, I was just yeah. So we have years. campaigns built where Paul, it's one of the, the check boxes, the, the to do item in, um, in Sightly. So he just goes in there and updates that. And then with a click of a button, he can launch a campaign for, you know, send them cards for two years and then sending them birthday stuff, which, um, but we could definitely improve on the, the actual referral communication, asking for the referrals. That was the one thing on a corporate test back when I was in corporate America, where I, I, I scored really poorly was referral aversion. However, if you look at our sales, you know, out of the 300 transactions, over 80 of them are from referral and then another 18 from past clients. So it's not like we're not getting referrals. We're just not asking for them. Well, yeah, and, you, and you've grown a lot. Like you, I mean, you're talking about 100 and some to 200, 100 and some, and now 300 and some. That doesn't come usually by, you know, like most businesses that are 70, 80% referral, they don't have that level of growth. So it's not, uh, mm -hmm. you're supplementing that by adding in like buyer lead gen through Boomtown and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that perfect, sounds perfectly natural to me. So let's get into uh, the productivity and stuff. So tell me a little bit about some of the ways that you, we talked about this before we went on the air, but just gamifying like how your staff is being productive and what they're doing with their time. So what are some, some fun ways that you help your team improve their productivity? So when we do our company meetings, we always do a tech tip and I'll give you an example. Like last week uh, was a tech tip and I do a screen share and I record that and we put it into our, you know, uh, Dropbox and also Slack. Um, but I do a tech tip and I, I'm just all about efficiencies. We talked about this before and you're like, I don't think anyone talks about getting to inbox zero. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'll go back to the DocuSign tip real quick. I did a screen share, which actually showed me basically signing documents fully on the iPhone, not even going into your computer and showing them how easy it was to sign a counter offer, sign an amendment without even having to pull the computer out of their bag. And I took them through step-by-step step, um, how to do that because my belief is that uh, for a long period of time, we had very few agents, but we had ultra high levels of sales. You know, when we had 176 sales, we had, you know, four agents. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty high volume of, and that's what, it's, that's what our focus has been all along is to not have a team of a hundred agents or hire anyone with a pulse. It's to mm -hmm. get people 
um, that we can really train and mold. Um, so I'm always working with people to try to improve uh, processes and efficiencies, um, like teaching Google uh, keyboard shortcuts, you know, operating, uh, opening and filtering your mail through with your keyboard, you know, teaching people that having the eye opening experience about, um, you know, using unroll.me to unsubscribe massively from every single subscription that you have on your, your uh, email. I don't want any interruptions in my email. There's only one podcast that gets into my email box and it's your guys podcast, but I unsubscribe from pretty much everything because I don't want to be, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be dinged. And uh, I yeah. teach our team that too. I mean, a lot, a lot of times like, I'll just be like, Hey, you want me to do unroll.me? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. So I'll clean up their inbox so that they're not getting, cause every, every single email, if you think about it or not junk mail, whatever, it's still bugging you. It's still yep. poking you and we can improve our speed of response because we get less emails. So, and then, and then using tools like inbox by Gmail, you know, using the slide features to snooze, but snooze emails so that they come back when they need to come back. Uh, I was kind of like inbox basically stole boomerangs idea of, being able to send messages back to you at different times, inbox by Gmail, which works on the desktop and um, uh, on your iPhone and Android, um, you can just slide to the to see slide to the left, and it'll allow you to, to. You can either send back the email to come whenever you want, or when you go to work. Um, but trying to train the agents on how to get to inbox zero. Um, but the other interesting thing is we do that with our text messages now. I had a few agents where I was like, "Hey guys, you really? I'm going to recommend that you get your." your text messages down to zero as well. One of my agents probably had a thousand different conversations in his text log, which is great. I wish they would just let us archive it all. And I would, but the fact of the matter is we want to work on ourselves like it's a checklist. So we know like, cause I felt anxiety. If I've got like 50 messages in my text box, I don't want to see all those. What, that, the, I mean, even though they're already read, you get anxiety yeah. just that, they're, just that they're there. Yeah. I don't want to see them. I, I want to get to zero. I want to get okay. to zero. It's a game. Like you're talking about gamifying it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's improved, it's improved two of my agents' lives. I mean, two of my top producers, one guy has 96 sides of sale. The other guy has over 76 sides of sale. Mm -hmm. These are two people. That's crazy. Yeah. But they understand the power of, you know, becoming more efficient in, pro in trying to improve these processes. So, and we talk about it in every meeting. You know, we're trying to, um, I'm kind of the nerd. So, and I've always been that way. So I always try to find better ways to do things. Uh, I don't have the shiny object syndrome, uh, squirrel brain like uh, some of the, like probably four or five years ago, thanks to Mike who kind of holds me down and says, if we're going to do something, we got to do it consistently. Yeah. But I'm always digging for at least a better way to do things. And um, we've got DocuSign templates for everything. Uh, you can do everything from your phone. Um, but yeah, the getting the, your text messages box cleared out has been huge because then you know exactly what you need to attack so that you can go to your and actually do your dollar productive activity. So interesting. Very, very cool. All right. So let's go zoom back out and go big picture again. So you've got pretty good team around. You've got staff, you've got admin staff, you've got a listing manager that's coming in. That's going to take care of a lot of things that either weren't being done that you want to leverage or things that you, yeah, at one time you're doing yourself. So you mentioned that that's going to free up yours and, and Mike's time, right? This is the, that's the main. Yep. So now that you've got, some of those pieces in place, what's the next step? Like what's the next leap for you guys? You know, plugging the, plugging the leaks in the organization, making sure that the customer experience is really great. I see a lot of teams really rushing to expand all across the country to other areas. And I feel like I want to be very cautious on that 
I think there's some great opportunities in markets very close to us for some huge opportunity um, to, to gain some market share relatively quickly, especially the way we do handle business. But I also want to make sure our, our organization is running smoothly. I want to make sure all of our trainings mapped out correctly. I want to make sure that, you know, when somebody comes on, there's a specific process and that process can run without me as well, because Greg's not necessarily always the best for certain things. Um, so I think we have a little ways to go. I really want to make sure we, we train and refine. Uh, we're, work, we're launching on some big accountability things. You know, obviously we've been watching a lot of your podcasts. A lot of those things talk about accountability and uh, accountability is love. We took it away from Boomtown a couple of years ago. I used to feel like being accountable or holding these agents accountable is micromanaging them. And it's like, if we don't hold you accountable, we don't love you. And that's just our core culture in our company. You know, we're a unified team. It's kind of, it's kind of cool to see, but uh, I would say we are going to expand at some point. But I'm not going to do that until we feel like we have it. Uh, we've grown kind of like over the last five years. It's been kind of a slow growth, and we always add in little little pieces. And I think that that's smart. I think there's been a lot of companies in our local area who have gotten so big so quick, and then the market tanks, yeah. or and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're they're not even in operation. So we run a lean and mean. We we preach no debt in our company. Mm-hmm. Um, even not just for not for, for me, but for the agents as well. I mean, we have yeah. we have an agent on our team who has no mortgage on his house. He bought a bought a foreclosure, and and Mike kind of coached him on that throughout the whole process. And he nice. bought that house two years ago for thirty five thousand, stuck you know twenty two into it, sold it for one hundred and five a couple weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, as far as the future, we'll expand into other markets, but we're going to do it and do it when the timing is right and. I just, I just see a lot of opportunity, but I also see opportunity in our marketplace, you know, I, getting to the, over the, you know, 10 to 12% market share. You know, does that put you in terms of transactions? In the 600 unit range. A lot of room for growth. Yeah. So. Very, very cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and tell me a little bit about the, the area itself. Cause I'm, I'm not super familiar, but if I remember right, there's, there's two other semi-major cities. They're not quite as big as Green Bay, or maybe they're around the same size, but just within, what, 45 minutes to an hour drive up or down the interstate from you guys, right? Yeah, I would say 30 minutes. You've got Appleton, which is about pretty comparable size. You know, if you take all the, the suburb areas around Green Bay and all the areas around there, you're talking about a quarter million apiece. Mm-hmm. So um, it's exciting, especially with 30 minutes. But then another another 30 minutes from there, there's another one, another 30 yeah. minutes there. And there's a, there's a car company we always joke about, uh, eventually becoming the Bergstrom of real estate, which because Bergstrom is like this dominant car dealership. Oh my gosh, they are everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they didn't do it overnight, but they have a, a crazy great presence. And uh, I think that that's probably our long-term goal is to become the Bergstrom of real estate in our area. So, yeah. But you want to grow with the right people. So focus and then the right system so that the, everything grows and it grows consistently. It's a rock solid foundation. So are, are you seeing anything shifting in your marketplace yet? I mean, if you're, if you guys are listening to this in the future that we're sitting at October, 2016. Um, so what are, what are you guys seeing in the market right now? Uh, we saw a major shortage of inventory, but I can tell you since school started, which is a pretty uh, commonplace thing in our marketplace, especially with um the election time with this as well, it's gotten kind of, kind of interesting. I would say our, our, um, our supplies increased in the month of August. I think a lot of people got the good news late and they're coming into a time period where the inventory isn't being sucked up as quickly as it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think that's a pretty normal transition. So I'm not going to jump to 
too close, but we use broker metrics, which is a great software tool where we can really see and analyze the supply and demand. And, and when we saw the dump of inventory in August, I knew that something was going to, is going to be a rough, rough ride for a little bit, but um, the showings are definitely down right now, but uh, we're also using our listing manager to kind of restoke the fire with all of our listings, you know, oh, so doing, doing some, you know, active it, marketing to agents. Well, yeah. Well, let's take an example. Like we used to do a ton of Craigslist marketing, you know, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't done really any of it in a long time. I mean, he's he's posting ads right now on on Craigslist, uh, advertising our open houses, really trying to push those. Um, you know, trying to you know, we'll stoke the fire. It sounds kind of stupid, but we'll drop the price a hundred dollars whenever we deem necessary, just to stoke the fire and to get it repop back up in the MLS. Our pictures are gorgeous. So yeah. if you see how people react to our stuff on, on Facebook and stuff, um, to get the get to get the Zillow email in their box with our pictures, even if it's a hundred dollar price reduction, kind of cheesy, but it stokes the fire and my sellers love it because when I stoke the fire I, I typically get showings. You know, so we're not trying to, you know, sit on our hands. We want to make stuff happen for our clients. Very cool. And do you, are there any other pieces of the puzzle that you're looking to bring in other than adding more agents or is it just more agents at this point? I think when we grow to uh, another market, we're going to really need to focus on like a, a true team leader, like a sales manager role um, to manage those other teams. Um, it's going to be a team and we're going to model it the same way we model it here in Green Bay. And so, some of the support staff, I think will support some of those teams, but we obviously have to expand that um, as well. I don't necessarily think that agents are necessarily the answer. I actually think I'm kind of leaning towards more employee interaction with a lot of the clients, really? you know, take, take the listing manager as an example. I really want him to have a pivotal role to feel like he has some ownership on that. He, um, you know, same thing with our transaction coordinator. He understands that uh, it's as much, it's as much as about Delaire realty as it is about the agent and the experience they have. They're dealing with the transaction coordinator almost as much as they're dealing with, you know, the agent out in the field. So I think there's going to just be uh, a shift of more process systems of really making a great experience and making their agent's life better in turn as well, but also solidifying the, the brand and the, 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 the company down the road. Now I, I'm kind of the, I'd rather have, you know, six agents and every one of them selling 80, 80 units a piece. And, but I think if you support them well enough, I think you can do, I think you not 80, but you can do a lot of units and we've proven that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, four people over 50 units this year. I mean, obviously it's a great, it's a great year, but, um, we've proven that even in downturns, we can still put up some pretty good numbers per agent. So Do do you have standards that you're holding them to, or do they set their own goals for the number of units they want to sell? So we do business planning. Uh, they actually have to be completed by November 4th. Um, and then um, our minimum is two deals per month. And then from there, uh, we do base our, our accountability meetings off of what they give us for their numbers, their metrics. You know, if they say they need to hit 36 transactions, we build the model of what they need to do to be able to hit that. You know, what kind of massive action do you need to take to be able to get there? So, um, but two's our minimum. Um, and we don't really have an issue with that too often. Gotcha. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting approach, especially if we're if we're coming into some sort of a slowdown, decline, whatever the case is. You know, it's it's easy to not if you care about them, but if they're just numbers, it's easy to add a lot of agents, and then you can kind of grow flex a little bit. You know, 
um, versus adding employees. So that's an interesting strategy just to, you know, grow a little bit more slowly, focus on bringing on uh, employees and really focusing on having the employees have a lot of interaction with the clients and de-emphasizing the sales agent a little bit, almost like, um, I mean, you, you mentioned that you came out of the corporate world. That is a very corporate approach to real estate, which teams are getting close to, but I still feel like we're running teams as sales organizations with support as opposed to kind of a more of a, a corporate approach where the sales is just the tip of the spear, and then they come in and most of their experience with the company is with the employees. Yeah, I think it's really different because a lot of the things we do is we provide a lot of opportunities for our teammates, and uh, a lot of times they're scrubbed as well. We already know they're pre-qualified. We already know they want to do, you know, look at this house. We already know everything about them. So we hand that off, opportunity off, which provides a lot of value to the agents. And it's, it, it does create a, a challenge sometimes where you do, you do, uh, you know, where you're scrubbing these opportunities and on a weekend, all of a sudden everybody's crickets when you ask who wants to go show houses, you know, so you run into those, those weird scenarios and it's like, are you kidding me? I remember when I worked at Coldwell Banker and you had to sit floor time and if you yeah. got a phone call, you were lucky. And I'm like, I'm offering to give you somebody that's pre-qualified, ready to go. And I get yeah. cricket. I get crickets, our Slack channels, cr crickets on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's but, funny. But uh, that happens, you know. Very, very cool. All right, so, so let everyone know, kind of re refresh everyone's memory on where you're at and the best way to reach out to you guys if they have a referral in your area. Yeah, so I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Tuttletown, USA, home of the Green Bay Packers. Um, you can reach me at greenbaygreg.com. Uh, you can also look me up on facebook.com slash greenbayhomes. That's our, our Dallaire Realty Facebook page. But yeah, if you've got anyone moving to our area, I uh, would love an introduction to and, and introduce our team uh, to them and make it a good process for them. So, But yeah, no, I'm really excited that you had me on here. I've been watching you guys, and I look forward to seeing you in the flesh here soon. So, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, so you're looking at coming in for the team building workshop. And for those that are listening or watching, if you go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, you click on the workshops page, you can see all the details and stuff. But the bullet points are this: you essentially come in, fly into Omaha, spend the entire day with our team there at our flagship office. You sit through the team meeting. You get to see the agents reporting their numbers, helping each other out, getting trained and supported. Then you get to sit in on actual one-on-one -on -one meetings with uh, the you know each agent and the success manager. You get to sit with our operations manager, Kevin, as he goes through all the systems, templates, tools, all the stuff that we use, uh, and then mastermind with Jeff. He goes over everything, answers questions, really opens up our whole, you know, the whole playbook essentially behind the Omaha office, uh, and then finish off the night with dinner and, and drinks and more masterminding with uh, with Jeff and the other the other attendees there. And so, I mean, it's a really, really high-level mastermind and uh, you walk away with uh, lifetime access to our Google Drive with all of our intellectual property, every system, every tool, everything that we ever have developed or will develop for the team and for our expansion teams all goes into that. So everything from job descriptions uh, for admin staff to smart drip campaigns for Boomtown to, uh, I mean, you name it, it's all it's all in there. So you walk away with that. So that's EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Click on the workshops page and then if you're interested in partnering us uh, with us on expansion, Reach out to us directly. You can uh, look us up uh, on Facebook. Uh, reach out to Jeff Cohn directly on Facebook. That's another great way to connect with us. Uh, and that's all. Uh, that's all I've got to say about all of that stuff. So, uh, but if you enjoy the podcast, like Greg does, he mentioned that we're the only one that's allowed <clears throat> access to your your clutter-free <laughs> inbox, which is yep. awesome. Thank you so much for that. But uh, if you guys are interested 
and keeping up with us and the other episodes of the show, you can either subscribe on YouTube and get the video versions or head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and get the audio version. Just make sure to subscribe on one of those two platforms. But with that said, Greg, seriously, this was awesome. Thanks for going really deep uh, and answering all of our questions about kind of how your team is structured and the cool things that you guys are doing. Uh, I'm going to check out some of the things that you mentioned like unroll.me and inbox by Gmail because those are super fascinating. So there's some awesome tech tips that people took away from this one. And yeah, it was just a, a lot of fun. We appreciate you being with us. Yeah, likewise. Look forward to meeting you in person. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys on the next episode.